ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit. Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. Ah, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Above Ground Podcast. Are you down with TPP? Are you asking everybody? Or are you no, asking I'm asking them? you, man. Oh. Yeah, I'm asking you, Timmy. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> are you sleeping on me or what? I'm not sleeping. I'm just not down with TPP this evening. Oh, no. Nah. All right. Well, it's all right. Okay. It's all right. Well, we got to. I'm, I'm here. We'll say that. That's right. You are here. And if we're on Zoom, that means it must be another edition of Above Ground Interviews. That's right. Where we talk to real people with real real stories and real stories. That's right. Real stories of strength and struggle, man. That's what it's all about. Real stories. Real stories of root beer and sausage. Well, there's no root beer or sausage in my story, but I'd be happy to add them in just for your entertainment. (laughs) <laughs> that is our guest jordan he is our fr- he is a friend of the show man and uh he's a, a really good friend of the show uh but that's where <laughs> i'm gonna leave it and that's that's how it stays man you know so how are we tonight jordan how are you well i'm i'm very good i'm happy to be a part of this and i figured you know since i have this opportunity i'd like to uh compliment the two of you um you know for me personally and i know a lot of others the show has been uh, beyond helpful. Uh, not only do you talk about the problems, but you discuss the solutions. And for a lot of people, that's what they're looking for. You know, they're aware of the problem. How do I fix it? And uh, that's what you, the two of you excel at. Wow, thank you. Wow, yeah, I'm I'm caught at a loss for words there, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's, it's actually it's actually <laughs> kind of uh, um, it's a tear of root beer. It, it's cool <laughs> that you say that because I. I feel that they're like a lot with like the memes that people post. It's always like, you know, this is this and this is that, but there's never like, and I'm always the one to be like, all right, well, can you help me out? Like, how do I, what are some, uh, so what are steps towards this, you know, whatever you're talking about. And, and a lot of the times they don't put it in there. And, uh, I try, I mean, as far as, you know, on my end, I, I try to emphasize, you know, putting something in there that can help. Right. And I think it's easy to point out the problem. It's much harder to come up with a solution that, that takes strength. Um, and the two of you have, uh, for me anyways, I listen every week since the beginning, every single episode and every single episode you talk about solutions. Uh, you know, it's cool. not the gospel, but, but you guys, uh, you're heading in the right direction. Well, thank you. Yeah, You're I appreciate welcome. that, man. I appreciate that very much. I think it yeah. does take some strength to um, to identify a problem, though, too. I, there's definitely strength on both sides. Just to admit, have willingness and admit that, you know, I'm not okay, you know? Sure, sure. But it's, it's part of the process. Identify and then solve. Uh, you can't have one without the other, at least in some sort of recovery sense. True. Right. And you can't solve anything until you figure out the path of which you're sure. going to follow to solve it. But that's where we, you know, and I appreciate all those words, man. That, that's awesome. And I'm glad you like it. 
You know, I, sometimes you wonder sometimes while you sit behind the mic and you talk and it seems like you're kind of talking at people more than you're doing, you know, a, a service necessarily sometimes just because it doesn't necessarily always correlate that people are paying attention, but you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah. dude, I don't, and I don't use video, so there's no video. So uh, at, least, at least not yet. <laughs> That's coming you- though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that to your your loyal listeners. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I got a face for radio too, so you're not, you know uh, you're in good company. Yeah, this is a handsome trio right here. Well, where do you want to start on your road, man? Well, you know, again, a big thank you to, to you guys for giving me, me the, the platform to to speak and hopefully to be heard. Um, you know, I, I have a story. We all do. I've heard your story. Well, Tim, of course, I know your story very well. Um, my story begins here. Um, I was born to young parents, and they were dirt, dirt poor, absolutely impoverished. And um, they did the best that they could for me and then eventually for my little sisters. And uh, it, it didn't work out in the end for my mo- mom and dad. They had, got a divorce and that's, you know, fairly common. Uh, I'm not the only child of, um, divorce, so to speak. So I'm a part of a large club. Um, but you know, after the divorce, my mother noticed, you know, some, uh, sadness, despair and confusion. So, you know, she put me into, um, therapy and, uh, therapist, uh, the way it would work. And it wasn't ideal in a lot of ways. I'd talk to this doctor and then my hours up and then my parents would go in and he would repeat everything I said to my parents, thus making me sort of an instigator using my words against me in a way. Yeah. That's a Um, bad therapist. It's a bad therapist. And you know, there's very good therapists out there. And then you have event, you know, every, every now and then you come across someone like that. So that was my first first experience with therapy. Um, but as I got older, not much older, I think I was seven or eight um, when I first contemplated suicide and actually attempted it. Now, obviously, that's really young to attempt suicide. Wow, yeah, that's very young, man. Um, but I was aware yeah. of the con. Yeah, I was aware no, of the concept. I- yeah, that's go ahead. Exactly what I was, no, that's what I was just going to say. It's like young. It's that's, that's what young. It, it's, yeah. it just surprises me to this day, like that. It at that age, it it's 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 an option for people or even a thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I'm not dude, saying it's bad. Nine. I'm just saying mine's yeah. nine. I don't want to think about that. It's it's. Um, I think for me at the time, I was aware that it would provoke a reaction. Um in my parents because I felt unnoticed. Gotcha. You know, you guys have discussed uh, in the past on, on this show. And I think in the last episode, how everyone just wants to be seen. Everyone wants to be heard and acknowledged. Sure. uh, Yes, absolutely. And uh, I kind of got lost in the mix there, you know, when I was seven or eight and just wanted to be seen. So I did something, uh, you know, completely desperate. Um, more, more or less for attention now that I, I pick it apart with my adult brain. Um, but uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, you know, my, I have three little sisters. 
they were all kind of in the same boat as me that poverty, you know, we had our, uh, our food, we had this food delivered to us once a week called WIC, Women, Infant and Children. It's basically a food program where they deliver food to your front step because we couldn't afford it. And it was powdered milk. It was government cheese, you know, that sort of thing. Um, right. I was raised on that. And, uh, in the winter time we'd get our jackets through, uh, coats for kids. That was a program where they give each kid $50 to get a winter jacket. Yep. And that was, that was a big deal for me. Donated but, uh, coats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to give you an idea, you know, wh- where I'm coming from the very early childhood, uh, later on, you know, as a young teen diagnosed with, uh, bipolar depression, anxiety, that sort of thing. And, uh, I was given medications to, uh, assist me in my recovery and the, uh, the medications had some adverse side effects. Uh, and I think mainly due to the fact that I was just given, uh, I was over-medicated. Right. And, um, I ended up gaining some weight a lot of weight actually I was like 240 pounds when I was 15 years old. And Ooh. because of my, my poor self image, I cast myself out from my sure. peers and my family. Um, and at that point, um, I got into sort of a bad crowd. It was, it wasn't a bad crowd. It was just every high school has this crowd of loners, misfits. misfits. Sure where we don't belong anywhere. So we just kind of congregate and hope that we, we notice one, each other, one, one another. So I did so, my best. So during all this time and, and having like that diagnosis of the bipolar and stuff at that age, man, like how, like, do you remember like what your emotional state was like at that age? And at, at all, like, could you explain it? Did you have a language to explain it? Or was it a, like a language of all rage? Did it come out? Or did you actually, like, could you express it in any other way besides rage? Did you express it in any other ways? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you ask that. My, or, yeah, my, my mother would tell me I had a fire in me um, <laughs> as, a, as a teenager. There was a fire in my belly, she said, and your fire is getting big. <laughs> And sure, she, she could see it coming. She knew me. She knew me better than anyone, right? So there was rage. There was so much rage as a teenager. Um, but also just a lot of unstable emotions. I just I noticed as a teenager, I didn't have much control over how I felt. It was all dictated by my surroundings, um, hmm. things like that. Do you? Yeah, if, I, was uh, like I don't want to. Mm. At certain at certain ages, a little bit, probably like eleven or twelve, I was like that, and then I kind of grew out of it a little bit. But right. I don't want to j- jump ahead. But mm. do you like looking back now? Do you think that was a um, appropriate diagnosis? I think more or less. I, I think what they did is they they took my behavior and compared it to behaviors that they're aware of and said, well, it's similar to this. So that's what it is. Um, and I'm not sure if it was all spot on. I mean, even to this day, I still feel angry, but isn't that 
Isn't that normal? Shouldn't I feel normal because I get angry? Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a regular emotion. Absolutely. And you could really just be feeling an extended period of grief because you can extend, you can face an unex, you you never know when grief is going to end because you don't really know when you hit every stage or if you don't really know if you're going to hit every stage of grief I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And some people I noticed in my life, just judging and dissecting what I've learned from, you know, doing the podcast and hearing other people's stories is, is that, you know, we're all holding on to some sort of pain. So it's like people can hold on to grief for years and it just becomes a cycle. That's a, uh, that's a whole new perspective for me without, you know what I mean? So yeah. what happens is, is that you're grieving and you may have spent your teenage years grieving the, the loss of your parents. Right. And I, and I, cause I know it cause that's, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you, man. I, yeah. I know everything I've, I've looked through your glasses I wear the same colored glasses, man, pretty much with the different, different lenses, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So I know all it, about the divorced, like kid part of it where you don't understand, like, it's hard to, it's hard to bounce back when your shaky foundations got cracks in it, you know, because Tim and I talked about the foundations having cracks in it and not being able to to necessarily repair the cracks all the way because some cracks are so big that no filler stays in it mm. and you lose a certain piece of you at every stage of the game. And I never realized that until I was in my twenties, somebody that was quite a bit older had to tell me that, but you lose a bit of you. And I realized that there were certain sections where you lose a bit. So you lost a bit and they looked at your grief as like some sort of, you know, rage, ridden diagnosis i guess that's my opinion but yeah and it's i mean it more or less has has a lot to do with how i express myself as well i mean i was i had outbursts um but i i i honestly believe that every 15 16 17 year old boy in yeah. sm in small town america yeah is gonna pound his fists against the wall every now and then and not that it's acceptable or productive behavior but it's the path that some of us choose. It's as not long as, as they're not, as long oh, as they're ahead, not pounding sir. their, as long as they're not pounding their fists, uh, like on somebody else or themselves, you know what I mean? Right. It's more or less, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's a, it's an emotion, you know? Well, yeah, we it, like to teach kids how to handle those emotions and not fight them necessarily to, to the point of. Now there's an idea. You know, teach that in school, man. You know, that's the thing. It's like, but, yeah. but you know, it's, wow. Well, back to the story in regards to, to school, uh, we moved so frequently. I went to every single school in, uh, in my small town and then some, uh, I think before I was 18, I moved 40 times. Uh, right. Wow. Just because we, we couldn't afford this one place or my mother would have a boyfriend who lived in this neighborhood and between living with my father and my mother and going back and forth in custody, I, I moved a lot. Uh, I've been to every single school in my town and because of that, I might, I might have fallen through the cracks at some point with the whole education system. Um, but, you know, th that's not really important to me in, when you look at the big picture. I think um, through adversity and self-taught lessons, we kind of gain our own 
education, our own individual understanding of what the world is to us. Um, and I'm, I'm not an, I'm not a unintelligent person, but, um, there's a lot of the things I don't know and I'm not afraid to admit it. Here, here. Right. So, the only, um, the only thing I've learned is that I know way less than I ever thought I knew. I really like that <laughs> saying, by the way. Yeah, that's, I, it's the truth. That's the only real truth that I've not learned. Yeah. Like that, I mean, you know, that like that, you know, really less than you think you do. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, moving on uh, in my late teen years, it kind of came to a head. Um, the, uh, the whole rage and not understanding myself or my emotions, it, it, it it eventually became too much for me to deal with. And I was, uh, institutionalized. I was sent away to a mental hospital and I believe it was for, for about a 30 day period of time is very productive. Um, I, I felt like most of it, um, I actually benefited from, uh, but there were parts of it where, you know, it was just waiting around for something to happen while hospitalized. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was just going to say, how old were you? Do you think? I was 18, I think 18 or 19. Um, you know, still living with my mom at the time. I, I think I, you know, attempted to move out on my own at some point and uh, that didn't work. So I went back with her and just, it, it was just, you know, I didn't see in my, in my, <laughs> my brain at the time, a, a a way that I could cope with these feelings without resorting to irrational extreme behavior. Right. So that's how I coped. So I, I was sent away to uh, deal with that and I did my stay and it was overall productive. And, you know, we could flash forward a couple of years. Um, I decided I was going to start over. Uh, life wasn't going the way I wanted. I wasn't achieving much or if anything at all. And I was, you know, not getting older, but I wasn't getting any younger either. I decided to move away uh, from my hometown to a neighboring city. And I met some very healthy friends. Um, and one of my friends was really into exercise and working out and taking care of himself. And he was very positive in his way of thinking. And he kind of nurtured me into, you know, becoming something better than who I was when I arrived uh, no. and uh, the whole working out and exercising for me, it, it, was, I, it gave me the ability to be mindful before I knew what mindfulness was. Uh, wow. Nicely put. Because you, you have to be mindful in a sense to control your body through these motions. Let, let, let's say a, a power lifter when they lift a bar off the ground, Everything needs to be exact. Your stance, your shoulders, your back needs to be aligned. Your chin needs to be tucked into your chest and everything needs to be, you need to be aware of your body positioning. So through that and controlling my breathing, I learned to relax and I learned to manifest my energy in productive ways. That's good. You know that you just said something that I think most 95% of people need to hear at least once a day. Can you just say what you just said again? 
about you channeled your energy into right i i manifested my energy into productive means something yeah. more or less like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right i gotta so, i gotta nail that for sound like <laughs> well we all have that internal right drive there's something inside of us that compels us and most of us just sit with it and, and let it you know let our engines rev without going anywhere mm, true uh, or some don't even turn them over sure but i like to think that all of that potential energy within you can be used to benefit you as well as it can be used to destroy you it's kind of in, in a lot of ways it's your choice yeah oh, yeah you dude you just nailed it that's the yin and yang perfectly i mean that's yeah. that's it it's that balance you can you can move great mountains or you can drown in great waters one or the other <laughs> you know what i mean so this is where the story gets interesting all right i mean I, i'm skipping over a lot because if i told the whole story uh we, we don't have enough time there's not enough time in the world and i don't have enough mental energy to get through it <sighs> but i worked out uh, five days a week, I transformed my body and my mind. I became what I consider a better person through that and changing my social scene and getting a full-time job and working like a madman. I was able to get a shred of self-confidence and I started meeting women. I met a girl and at the eight, at the time she was a day over 18 and, and I kind of fell in love. Things were good and we moved in with one another and time goes by and we're, you know, playing house because we're just kids and she gets sick. I get a call um, on my cell phone that she's in the hospital and I need to get there. So I take the bus because we don't have cars. We don't have anything. And I get to the hospital and, you know, you're never prepared for these sort of things. Uh, these sort of diagnosis, you just, you're not aware of the world that exists outside of your understanding until you're thrown into it. And here we were, these kids in the hospital, and I found out my, my, my girlfriend has a brain tumor. And we don't know what to do. So we look to, you know, her parents and her grandparents and older, older people in our life to kind of guide us through and it's a blur. Now that I look back on it, try to recall the fine details that are gone. And there's something about trauma that makes, um, makes the memory fade. The whole situation, yeah. mm -hmm. the whole situation that was traumatic. Definitely makes it fuzzy. And, and mm -hmm. I, I bet even talking about it probably can bring up some uh, different emotions for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't talk about it very much, but it's as much a part of my story as anything else. I mean, it happened, and there's no way around it. Do I, do I know that girl? Sure. Yes. Hmm. You do. So do you, Will. Yes, I know. She's amazing. I just want, She's awesome. I just she, wanted to put a, put a little cool. happy spit, spin on it that, that uh, she, is, uh, she <laughs> well, is alive and well. Yes, she is, man. S spoiler alert. Um, I know. <laughs> she, uh, she had her surgery. Uh, she had her radiation, she had her physical therapy, and here we are 11 years later, and she flourishes, absolutely kicks ass at being a survivor. I've never seen anyone survive as well as she has. It's, yeah, that's, that's a great story, man. I mean, it's not over, but just that piece right there. Yeah. Is just, 
Um, yeah, dude. And just the fact that you're just there to say, you know, that's, it's, that's the real deal, man. So it's all about. It, it is. You, you don't know how you're going to handle a situation when you're being thrown into it until after it's all over and you can look back and say, wow, we survived. And uh, we did, you know, we you were would kids. You, you would almost, you would almost think that like after something of that magnitude, like if you can survive that, you're pretty, uh, you're pretty good, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, but I, think of it, I know. Just think of it like this, dude. It's like, there's an old farmhouse and thunderstorms have hit it every single summer for a hundred years. How many more thunderstorms can it take? You know what I mean? Well, right. Sure. And it's temple can only get rocked so many times before the yeah. brick star falling in, man. Yeah. It's in a strong old house and it can take the storms, but it's showing it's showing its age. Well, you can always remodel it, you know? <laughs> I, I love when you're optimistic, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I got, I do it. I gotta be, I gotta be, man. You are, you're, you're getting better at that. I've noticed. I'm, I'm learning, you know, it's, it's, a, it's all, it's all about balance. Yeah. Timmy's learning. He's doing all right. I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I've had to learn uh, a lot. We'll say. Well, that's, uh, that's kind of why we're here. We're here to learn, right? I guess. You know, to learn and share. Yeah. Learn, share, and give, not take. We're here to learn, share, and give, man. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it's about. All right. Well, I'll, ra I'll wrap it up. The story continues. Um, you know. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> Alyssa, does continue. My, my wife survives, and she's a beautiful survivor, and everything more <laughs> or less is good. Um, we get back to a certain type of normal. We're working. We got a car, we got a house. And my mother, who's, you know, my, my relationship with my mother hasn't been very good. It, uh, at the time, I, I get news that she's in the hospital. All right, what could this be? Well, as it turns out, she has the exact same diagnosis as my wife. Um, she had a brain tumor. The same type of brain tumor, but this one's worse. Uh, there's three of them, and they're stage, stage four. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's absolute certainty that she's not going to make it. So as a family unit, we accept the fate and we rally around my mom and we spend every single day with her for nine months. And we, uh, we say goodbye every single day. And for my wife, I didn't think about this until after the fact, my wife is there by my side, having survived this, watching someone being taken away. And I never considered for a moment that how impactful this might be on my wife. Yeah. Right. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, not to take away from anything else, but mm -hmm. it, you know, for, for everybody involved, I, and I remember um, hearing your story um, at least like 80% of it. But, and I remember, I remember think I remember hearing there was a lot of death that you were surrounded by. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how does somebody like walk, walk away from, from all that? And, and, you know, for the most part, from what I know you, you're a good person. You know what I mean? It's not like you have like this chip on your shoulder, uh, uh, you know, resentful of this or that. It, 
you know, it's for me to look at that. I was, it was, it was, it was kind of awe-inspiring, I guess you could say. Thank you. Um, it, it's hard. You know, sometimes I feel like I, I live in a graveyard. Uh, wow. Uh, I love that. That's awesome. That is such a great metaphor, man. I never, wow. It, it's, it's true. You look around and it just, it's headstones. Um, you know, if I told the whole life story, I could tell you a, a dozen people who have come and gone in my life and tragic tale after tragic tale, but that's not my story. My story isn't the departed. My story is who I am sitting here and who I'm going to meet in the future. It's my story is still unwritten as far as I'm concerned. And that's what keeps me aligned and centered knowing that through, through it all here I stand and I can keep on going until the day I can't, but that's not for me to worry about now or determine it. It's not my business. It's none of my right. business. My fate is none of my business. Yes. There, I have a, I have some control in my life. I can get up off this couch right now and go, you know, uh, make a sandwich. I have that sort of control or I could just sit here and not make a sandwich, but I, I'm trying to give an example that my, my control is limited. Uh, it's like I'm, I'm in a car and it's going down the road, but I'm not driving. I can enjoy it and I can pretend I'm steering the car, but who's really driving? Who's the guy behind the wheel? Uh, yeah, who's driving the struggle bus, man. <laughs> that was a good episode by the way i really like that one yeah we <laughs> we we had some discussion on that actually too jordan and myself oh yeah. yeah yeah he had some good uh um good ideas good uh um insight on it as well i thought that's cool man i'd like to hear it yeah, whenever you're done with your story, whenever you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Well, the story isn't over. Obviously, it doesn't end. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, I think the moral of the story is that no matter what comes your way, the only way out is through. And <laughs> you have survived every hard day that you have ever faced. And nothing's killed you yet. So what, what would you say there has to be some, uh, you know, maybe a pivot, pivotal moments or, uh, you know, key players maybe to, to like, I guess what helped you get on that path of mm -hmm. like, you, it could have been, you know, a different path. It, it could have, you know, been easy yeah. to just kind of throw your hands up and say, you know, this, you know, life, this life sucks. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, a, a lot of it has to do with my parents, you know, even though they were troubled and, uh, they, they fought their own demons and sometimes they, they didn't, they didn't win every fight. Um, my mom was compassionate beyond belief. Uh, she was a true empath. She understood every emotion and to, to this day, I expect people to know how I feel without telling them because my mother could do that. Um, but I've oh, learned that I need insight to have. Yeah. I need to communicate my emotions because people, th they can't read me the way my mother could. 
that was their strength. That was their superpower. Um, my dad, God, my dad, the hardest working man I have ever met in my life. A lot of people could say that about their old man, right? My, my dad was shot when he was five years old and lost his right arm and grew up bright and grew up successful and earns good money and never let anything stop him. So watching him wow. fight tw- twice as hard as anyone else around him to earn the same pay, that gave me drive and lit a fire under my ass. Be like, well, if my old man can do it one, with one hand, what's my excuse? Um, yeah. He's wow. a tough old bastard for sure. <laughs> dude, so, let me just let me just say you are one tough motherfucker, man. <laughs> I, I dude, I, I I no, I mean that. I mean that. And I mean that sincerely. Like I mean that in in the most the most bro like way. <laughs> the bro the <laughs> bro. Yo, yo, you just call him A bro Ham Lincoln. <laughs> Listen here, brosis. That's <laughs> strength is only one part of it will um we're all we're dynamic creatures i can't be strong without my soft side so thank you for acknowledging my strengths but uh you know without strength there is no weakness i will say this man i you know the first time i met you you taught me a lot about myself because well you did because i i was walking into a room full of some guys who i've never met um full of other guys who i've known for years now to to try to lend some peace to a really bad situation about a fellow brother i remember that and I remember walking in, I remember our first couple interactions and I remember, and I will say this, you're a very intimidating figure to a guy my size because you're just very muscular and, and tall and, <laughs> and stuff. And I was like, and I could tell that you were just, and I could tell that you were sort of fighting the emotional part of the day by sort of hunkering down a little bit. And I wasn't sure how I was going to handle it because I was really nervous going in and sitting in front of all you guys, considering the fact that, you know, there's been a lot said about me and I know that I, it wasn't, I wasn't the best, the best guy to have to follow behind because I left sort of a wreck in my mist. But I, you taught me that I was able to handle a situation that I didn't think I was strong enough to handle at the time. Mm. Yeah. And it's all right, man. I know what you're feeling. I remember that day and I remember looking at you walking in who intimidated the fuck out of me. You walked in and you owned the room. You owned the room as soon as you walked in. Yeah, I don't you, see any of that though, man. Yeah, <laughs> you were, no, I dude, don't I see just, any of that. Uh, Jordan, I was just going to say that if, we, if Will didn't chime in, I was just going to say he doesn't know what he Because he does <laughs> Listen, that. That's what he does. And then he Will, doesn't And then he sits there like, what, dude? I, don't, I can't do that. And I'm like, dude, you just did it. When you walked into that room, you had a presence larger than any stature I've ever seen. You 
controlled the room with conversation. You made eye contact with every single living being at the table and the presence uh, was comforting. So, dude, you think I'm intimidating? You think I'm strong? Size, mass, muscle means nothing. It's character. And uh, I think I'm looking at some character right in front of me, both of you. Cause I remember yeah, us, Tim. Too, us too. <laughs> Tim. Us too. Tim. Yeah. Well. First time. First time I met you, man. I didn't like you. Okay. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's not hard. <laughs> what? Thanks. Well, Tim, Tim can have that effect on people. He knows that. I can too. Definitely. You. When you I, have, Let me explain myself. All right. All right. I gotta you have hear a, this now. You have an energy about you. That's hard for a person like me to deal with because you, you put it out there. You wear it on your sleeve, right? And that's why I've told you this before. That's your superpower. That's your strength is you're not afraid to say it. What you're thinking, what you're feeling is just, hey, this is it. And for a guy like me, I'm like, you know, keep it inside, dude. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, is Tim, that is Timmy's superpower. Timmy can say the things that. Yeah, most people won't say. <laughs> what? What Dude, ability? It's, 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 I, I, I would call it a curse, not a superpower, man. Um, I would rather, Jordan. I would rather your your superpower to just never get uh, escalated and kind of just stay calm and and at least <laughs> on the outside stay calm and collected. Yeah. Not me. I, I, uh, it's it's probably gotten me more in trouble than uh, than anything else. No, you, you got to piss with the dick you got, dude. All right. That's what I love life. about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. It, it, that's it. All right. These you are the ABCs of me, baby. That's right. <laughs> you are what you are. All right. Yeah. So, having said that and got, getting all that out of the way, um, that was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for letting me share. And, uh, dude, uh, you're so welcome, man. Thank you for the. Yeah, uh, we, we usually finish this up with uh, a few questions to finish up by. Because we, okay. you know, we have to, you know, we've had a heavy conversation, so you know, we got to sort of semi lighten. I, I will say this though: this is kind of a, uh, you know, it, it didn't have a direction, it didn't have any kind of uh, uh, theme, but uh, it, it's really cool to get three dudes together and uh, be able to kind of bro around and not. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean, though. I mean that in like the the non corniest way possible. It means it in because, the broski way, man. Yeah, because we can talk. I don't know. We were talking about emotions and and, and yeah. you know, kind of big, big uh, topics that you know most guys probably don't talk about when they hang out. You know, well, I mean, I know it's it's a tough sub. It, these are tough, tough uh, subjects and tough conversations to have. You know, I I know that. I shy away from them most times, to be honest with you. Well, the time comes for you to put it out there. And these real conversations are the stepping stone from keeping it inside and <laughs> eventually getting to a place where you're comfortable with being exposed and being seen. And that's all, that's what everyone is looking for. They want to be seen. So you got to let it out. Nicely so put, the, man. These, these real conversations are necessary. And uh, even though there was no real direction, it, uh, I feel better now. No, it's better. Good. It's better that way. Yeah. I like it better. I just didn't know, 
you know, I didn't know where we no, were. No, I wasn't go, saying how we were going to start, how we were just going to start. <laughs> I didn't know if we were just going to jump right in and, and I wasn't saying it in any, any, any negative, you know, it's not, it was just, it was just a statement. It wasn't, uh, you know, negative or positive. It was just, uh, you know, I was actually happy. Uh, you know, it's, it was, it was meant in a positive light. Yeah. I guess my intent was to, to shine light and say, you know, we had three guys hang out and talk about, you know, some, some, you know, deep topics and, and heavy situations. And, uh, you know, like you said, conversations is, is the stepping stone. And, uh, Absolutely. and it's something uh, that I've learned, um, you know, watching Will, hearing Will, and then in the, again, watching other people, hearing their stories. And it, you realize that, that there's a great, great strength behind conversation right it's it's almost an art conversation can be considered an art um and some people do it better than others so it's 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 one of the tools you speak of in your tool belt to get you into some better mental health <laughs> at least that's my takeaway yeah that's cool. a good takeaway man that's, that's a, cool a good way takeaway to- that's yeah. a cool way to lead into our three our three questions to end this up, man. Jordan, do you have a favorite word or least favorite word? I sure do, Tim. My favorite word is tomorrow. Tomorrow is a word that's full of hope, dreams. <laughs> Just to, saying the word tomorrow makes me feel like, you know what? There's still hope, man. Tomorrow is a good word. I like uh, it. I, like I, it. I can hear up. rainbow I connection to, with Kermit I was singing trying in the to background key, yeah, right I, was tr- I was trying to key up some like uh, <laughs> piano or something. I mean, that was, uh, oh, that, uh, was bur- that was so Mr. Birds. Rogers. It's not funny. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, I love Mr. Rogers. Me too. Uh, God, what happened to TV? So our next question is, do you have, a, well, do you have a, a least favorite word? Uh, it's about to get serious. It's my, yeah, it's th- this word rattles around my brain. Like the, ball inside of a can of spray paint cancer uh, uh yeah it's a word that pisses a lot of people off it it's oh, it's like razors it's not a good word but it's out there i said it fuck it well you, you, you at least release the energy of that emotion for this moment yeah you discharged because you just let it go all right so the second question is are you a dog cat other or no pet person i'm gonna break it down for you cats are assholes and they're (laughs) (laughs) self-concerned they're self-absorbed lowly creatures that's Uh, why i love them so (laughs) dogs are eager to please but kind of just cocky arrogant pricks um and a fish just swims that's all he wants to do is swim so I'm I'm kind of a fish dude. Oh yeah, yeah. But you I have cats, right? I I have a cat, and I've had a lot of cats in my life. Um, and I I uh, there's a certain respect that I have for cats because they just want to be left alone. And <laughs> and and, and here, here's the thing: when a dog attacks you, it runs to you and fucks you up. But when a cat attacks you, you come to him. And try to be friendly, and he, and he ruins your day. <laughs> so a cat, a, a cat deserves your respect. 
<laughs> if you had, uh, if there was one thing you could do for mental health um, without any constrictions, mm. um, what would it be? Uh, Tim, you and I have talked about this before, and this is, it makes sense inside my head. Maybe in practice it wouldn't work, but I feel like the stigma of mental illness is created in early childhood by discipline from the child's parents. When a child has an emotional outburst and they are disciplined for feeling and expressing their emotions, they learn the stigma at a very early age. Um, I feel like there's a better way. There's got to be a better way. If a child is feeling something, mirror the emotion so they feel accepted or let them feel it without judgment. Nice. Yep. That's where I'm at. Nice. Nice. It's funny. I was just, I don't know if it was a, I, I was actually, as you were talking, it was like a flashback. Like, I think I, I, I don't know if this was in a, it was, it was, I don't, I'm not sure if it was in a podcast or just like a, a YouTube video, but I just read something or heard something very similar to that as pertaining to the, um, Oh, you know what it was? It was the, it was the, we did an episode, um, on, uh, domestication. Right. And it was, it was, it was linked in that it was, it was, uh, it, it was, a, it was a scenario where, um, I think it was a grandmother was, was feeding a grandchild. And like, basically it was like, you know, if you don't eat all those green beans or if you don't eat your vegetables, you know, this is going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. almost like a punishment. And then as that child grew up, it was like, if I don't eat these, I'm going to get in trouble. And, you know, just, it, it, it just, um, it, 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 it kind of, uh, perpetuates more problems later on in life, you know? Yeah. I, I think discipline is more about the parents getting what they want at the time rather than making your child a better person. Um, but we're, we're all guilty of it. We're, we're all just big hairy children anyways yeah we are well, yeah i am i know that no some we are not, jordan we are. some of us not so big <laughs> <laughs> so your point i i don't know where i am on your phone but i'm above uh, you on mine uh, all right hold on has that better will <laughs> it would have been like, funny if somebody see it <laughs> we're, like the, we're like the brady bunch uh, yeah it's true man ABC over here. One, two, three. All right. <laughs> we say any more about the page. Don't rate me. Oh, oh, we'll oh, sorry. Copyright. <laughs> Anything you want to add, Jordan? Friend of show? No, just uh, th that about sums it up. I, I, I believe uh, I, I came, I, I accomplished what I came here for. And again, I can't thank the two of you enough for the opportunity and also for the, uh, the helpful advice and just being who you are. I mean, it's on my Spotify and it's, uh, it's, it's been the best part of 2020 in a lot of ways because this year can just go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> that's what a lot of people are saying. <laughs> that's what the kids are saying. Literally out in the streets, they're like, this can go to hell. This sucks. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, and dude, it, thank you so much, man, for sharing your story, and thank you for all the kind words. And, and thank you to everybody that listened to this episode today. 
And uh, if you are interested, you can check out some old episodes or stay tuned for some newer episodes. That's right. Where can they find him, Will? www.abovegroundpodcast.net is our home home page, home site, whatever, home skillet, home, whatever. It is. It's, it's it's home base, whatever, man. It's it's that's where the computer lives. That's where it goes. But yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple. You know, check out our Facebook page, check out our Instagram page and say hey and don't forget to share, subscribe, star and do all that stuff. And thanks for listening. Until next Will week. Foley. Tim Parent, be well. Be safe. Be Above Above Ground Podcast is in no way intended to be a substitute for professional help in any manner or degree. We are not therapists, doctors, or professionals in the medical field. These are the opinions and experiences of two individuals just like you, our peers, who live with mental illness and all of its conditions. If you or anyone you know are experiencing a mental health crisis, please go to your nearest emergency room, call 911, or you can call the National Suicide Hotline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Be well, be safe, be above.